This is the Drunken Comedian Podcast with your host, Matt Hoss. Hey, and welcome to episode four of the Drunken Comedian Podcast. We're back into the full swing of things, and I tell you what, it's been a very, very busy couple of weeks for me. Um, I've recorded a lot of uh, episodes uh, in a kind of a, a block. Uh, I, I spent uh, Nights and days tirelessly getting drunk on your behalf. So, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it was uh, quite a, an interesting um, a couple of weeks because I was uh, down south for a long time. I got in touch with a lot of different people, uh, some older comedians, some up and coming comedians, uh, some bright stars, and old flames. Uh, and uh, there's a bit, there's a couple of. Um, Different angles I've been trying to work, and I'll elaborate that in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and nothing major, but uh, just some uh, interesting people who I think uh, would be very uh, great for this podcast. Uh, but yeah, thank you for tuning in uh, for episode four. I uh, hope you enjoyed the last one. Uh, thank you if you got in touch on the Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you can get in touch with us at DrunkComPod on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, uh, uh, we got some lovely response over the Constantine episode. Uh, uh, so thank you for getting in touch. Uh, and I am so happy to bring you this episode. This this one, I was so happy when I got this in the diary because uh, this guy is an absolute legend. The episode four is with Andre Vincent. And if you don't know Andre Vincent, he is a... Uh, like a legendary stand-up comedian, he's been uh, going f- performing from such a, uh, a young age. He's been performing for like over like thirty years, uh, and he is uh, really a truly remarkable stand-up. Uh, and he's he has the, such the wide mass of life stories and comedy stories. And I've listened to a lot of different podcasts with him on, and man, he is. He has all these stories, and if you were to listen to them, you you would assume that they're made up, but they're all entirely true. And he's a uh, he really does uh, have some great stories, which we'll get to. Uh, but uh, some before we get into the, the main hub of the podcast, um, uh, first thing to say is that uh, in this episode, uh, I did have a couple of drinks, but what what I didn't realize before before starting this podcast is what I sounded like when I was drunk because this was um after a gig we did in Canterbury Andre was headlining uh, and I was comparing and it was like a it was a little bit of a studenty gig and the, the gig uh, was it was about half full and the students were a little bit uptight they were kind of uh, they paid their money to get in and they sat there with cross arms going well make us laugh uh, which uh, <laughs> that sounds like that's a normal comedy club but uh, it was a bit more uh, antagonistic uh, but uh, it was um, it was a good night and whatnot. Uh, but uh, so I was a bit tired and I had a couple of drinks so uh, I, I I thought it, uh, in the Drunken Comedian podcast I'd be quite zany and like wah, wah, wah. and we do have that coming up but uh, <laughs> I well, instead you just kind of get a bit more of a morose Matt Hoss, really. Uh, uh, never mind. Uh, but so that that comes across a little bit. Uh, also, um, uh, this this episode is quite quite visceral and uh, quite 
NSFW, uh, we're not safe for work. Even though, who plays podcasts out loud, you weirdo. But yeah, it's quite a rude podcast, particularly in the middle. That's a pretty grim phrase which uh, Andre uh, uses. Also, just to point out that um, there's a bit in it where I talk about an episode of Louie, and I really do paraphrase it badly. Uh, I'll, if you want, I'm going to put a link to the, the clip, what I mean, in, in, the, in the description afterwards, so you can look it up. I do apologise. Andre, he, as I say, he's been performing for many years, and uh, he, he once did a show in 2003 called Hurrah for Cancer, because he uh, got kidney cancer, uh, and he was one of the first people to write a show uh, about something... Uh, on a serious subject, and he d- does discuss it uh, in in this uh, show uh, in in his podcast. And he uh, he really he, this he was really a pioneer for doing something like that because no one had really done an emotional show before. No one had really done uh, like a themed Edinburgh show before. So really, Andre was one of the first of his kind, and uh, and I think you do kind of have that that trend in Edinburgh now. Uh, so he did the show called uh, Hurrah for Cancer, and you can watch it on YouTube, and it's, it is really, really funny, and it does open some great doors, and we do discuss that later on. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, uh, let's get kicking on to Andre Vincent. Uh, this is a really, really fun episode. I had a pleasure to record it, uh, and we start off by talking about censorship. I hope you enjoy it. See you soon. Hit it. Do you know what time it is? Bitch, it's podcast time. Dead. So I very much doubt it. There will be any subject really, <laughs> and uh, no, no, can't see me ever being censored about anything. <laughs> what, what I found fast, uh, fantastic tonight. You just, uh, you re- uh, we had like a. Uh, kind of a kind of a, a liberal student audience that was quite uptight about a, a couple of um, topics, but you, uh, you really uh, I found it fantastic the way you kind of articulated stuff and you kind of called uh, cut out the bias really because they, they were very very uptight and, uh, and there was a, a couple of times where they just weren't going with it because uh, you uh, you kind of uh, yeah yeah, yeah. I, s- I said the key words yes that was I it, said yeah. the key words that make people go oh you where are you going with this we're we're, we're scared we're scared yeah. You, you've said you've said Muslim. You've yeah, said burqa. Yeah. You you've said rape. Yeah. You've said all oh, these are all key words. Yeah, it sounds um, like a very vivid set. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's about raping Muslims. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Andre Vincent, idiot, <laughs> comic. <laughs> um, that you know that that they're going to naturally and and it's just worth worth stopping it, it's too easy just to go oh shut up you don't know what you're yeah. talking about don't and I, I don't do that anymore it's yeah. sort of like it's it's more of a question of just sort of going well there's, there's nothing here let's, let's just, just what are you reacting yeah. to just just be nice and gentle I've, I've got this whole thing now of um, what I like to say is, is bend like the willow not strong like the oak Okay. Yeah. Which is, yeah. is just too easy just to sort of kind of go, no, you're not doing that. No, yeah. you can't do that. And you don't want to do that with an audience. You just want to go, okay, well, you've done that. Now let's build from there. Well, it, there was so much, um, when someone had uh, kind of gone a bit quiet, there was uh, this Australian girl and you, you you had this tenderness and you'd be like, okay, let's just kind of discuss it. But she didn't really want to chat about it uh, but uh, it was really nice to see that tenderness as well because uh, again it is easy to be like well uh well fuck you guys mm. and stuff like that um, 
Yeah, I kind of, yeah, you know, years of doing the, you know, the junglers and the, you know, the stags and the hens where you're kind of just going, you know, you're a prick, you're a prick and you're a prick with glasses. (laughs) You just have to kind of, every now and again you go, does that work? Is that really necessary? Yeah, I, 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 I was in the middle of a gig recently, and uh, this compa, uh, it, she was lovely beforehand, but when she got up on stage, there was a, uh, it was a full night, and there was a group of lads like stood to the left of the stage, and they were, they were, were quite drunk, and there was this one quite large lad, uh, and as soon as she got on stage, she just laid into this guy, you go, all right, fatso, all right, you reach fat fuck, and just, uh, he got, everyone was laughing and stuff like that, but he kind of set off the whole night as a, he got so angry at the end of the night and stuff like that, so she kind of, she... Um, although it was really funny, it kind of like, it started off this powder keg and kind of ruined the rest yeah. of the night kind of thing. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's so easy to do that. Yeah. I kind of, you know, and I can understand why women do that. I mean, the whole Laura Lex, you know, the the, the video that went yeah. viral. Yeah, where, You know, and, oh, have you seen a woman do this? And it's like, well, actually, no, it's just a person doing their job. Yeah. That was my first thought. But then when I actually realised where it was and what, it, what, it, what happened was she walks out on stage at a gig where... Stephen um, Grant yeah. is there every weekend. Okay, yeah. And suddenly, uh, you know, mm-hmm. you're a woman. That's the thing. It's not. It's not. You're a woman. You shouldn't be up there. It's you're a woman. Where Stephen? Yeah. To me, it's, you, you'd just be in the cunt in the room. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, obviously, it's. Um, I I do see Laura's point. Like, if you're Laura and she comes out on stage and this guy says he's disappointed, I do get uh, get why uh, you would definitely do that. But I, I, I totally see your point. In but that's to, not yeah. how it looks like from from yeah, how we're yeah. watching it and how everybody's sort of reacted. It's yeah. like this bloke's been sexist off from the off, and it's you know he's got to be sorted out. And mm-hmm. and she does it so well, and she does this brilliant, brilliant compare. Yeah, yeah, you know she's compared me and Brian before, and she's fantastic. But you know it's just. Yeah, I suppose it's maybe it has been taken out of context, yeah. but but for me, it's, there is there's a better way of dealing with it. There's yeah, a you know, yeah. like I say, let's let's find out before we go in and definitely. kick the teeth out of someone. But definitely, like um, well, that kind of relates to a lot of politics as well. Like when uh, when Brexit was kind of like um, revealed, and a lot of uh, left wing comics were just just like angry uh, towards the Leave campaign, and I understand that anger and frustration, but it, it was really just. Um, just uh, berating these people, if you know what I mean, and, and just insulting Leave voters, and it was it was a it was a strange thing because it wasn't considering uh, the other side. Uh, um, but yeah, I, I tr- yeah I can understand that, and I've tried to look at. Them. I mean, you know, when you I understand why Corbyn is pro Brexit uh-huh. because he so needs he wants to nationalise the the railway systems, mm-hmm. and to do that we need. Europe to be because they put so much money into it there's so much behind it we need them to be out mm-hmm. that's what he wants to do but in the long run what I, what I have to look at is go but you saw what it was won on mm-hmm. you saw how yeah, Farage yeah, yeah. and Boris used it by using immigration yeah. by turning it and making it ugly yeah. what you did for your own gain is you aligned with racists yeah, that's, that's a, and yeah, that I can't step away from yeah. that I cannot step away from yeah, it's, you know, it's, um, yeah, it was, it was such a like a, a vicious and yeah, uh, like it was a horrible campaign. In fact, um, there's a couple of um, the uh, pro leave uh, campaigners who did turn to remain because of that. And mm. like, uh, I think Mark Thomas was uh, one of those people as well. It was because uh, they they um, people like 
but the whole um, Leave campaign did just kind of like, uh, manipulate it into it wasn't about do you want to leave the EU it was about do you hate foreigners and, yeah. do, and it kind of it turned into uh, it wasn't a yes or no question anymore it was just kind of like um it was look, people were voting for a different. They weren't voting for uh, do you want to come out of the EU or not. They voted for their own reasons. Absolutely. And, and a lot of it they were lied to. That was oh, the other yeah, thing. Man. So much lying going on. And all right, and it was it was up to the voter to go and find out the truth, but they yeah. didn't. But and yeah, that's that's course, what yeah. happens. Yeah. Um, so I I have I have problems with that of of you know them. A line, like I say, a line, we're racist. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we'll probably just uh, go for a bit more of a lighter <laughs> subject. And another thing! Well, I, I've, I've talked a lot about politics recently uh, on this podcast, just because just it's just come up, because obviously it's right, quite yeah. uh, uh, but, um, a hotbed. Yeah, it really is, um, for, uh, especially with uh, the election and stuff like that. But uh, we'll, we'll chat about comedy for a bit. Uh, but yeah, um, why don't you uh, tell us how long you've been performing for? Uh, um, I've been performing since I was seven. Wow. Uh, I uh, was a. One of those horrible brat theatre children. Um, I yeah, I, you know when I, I auditioned for um, Oliver to be a pickpocket when I was seven and ended up yeah. getting the Artful Dodger. Oh, fantastic. and that was it. I kind of went, oh, I like this, yeah. and, and I was being paid for it. And and so whenever any of the South London theatres needed a yeah. an urchin, a messenger, <laughs> a Winslow boy, anything of you know where yeah. where uh, a juvenile was required. I kind of, you know, was, was getting work, and so that was it. I was, I was also um, a chorister. My nan was a my nan was an opera singer, and her father was an acrobat. So it's a very it's, performative yeah, family. Yeah, it was performing. It skipped a generation. Yeah. So, uh, and I, so I, I could sing as well. And at thirteen, when my voice was breaking, it was uh, everyone was trying to push me to become an opera singer. Yeah, it was like oh, you know, to appease my grandmother. And then I kind of went, no, I, I like I like being I like I got, I got laughs by then. Yeah, yeah. something I'd done. I, I did a, a, a show um, where where you know I. I had to deliver jokes and it was like oh I like this I like that sound a lot yeah. and that and I knew that's what I wanted to be do you um, know which play that was or? I can't remember yeah. it was either Beauty and the Beast <laughs> where I, I played a, a dragon I wow it's a, a different I, adaptation I, yeah <laughs> I played a, a little dragon in something at a Christmas show and and I think that was it there was a lot of and I, I I think there was a moment where my towel got on fire with a, with a flash had gone off and, and it, that was a mistake and we kept it in and it was like that was the, such a big laugh yeah, yeah. and it was like whoa yeah. this 12 year old getting a big my towel's on fire yeah. and anyway but so yeah that was that was it it was kind of no knew I wanted I wanted to perform yeah. probably acting and, and comedy acting and and then I did a show that needed circus skills and mm-hmm. I kind of like learned those and went, oh, I enjoy this a lot. Yeah. I you know, learned to unicycle and juggle. And went, oh, I just want to have a quick look at this. So I went off to Paris and went to circus school for a little while and then came out the other end and had been watching lots of European street performers by then. Yeah. And went, well, let's do a bit of street performing. And everybody, of course, at that time in the early 80s were all climbing on unicycles and juggling and thought, well, I don't want to do red nose antics. That's what everyone's doing. I'll come up with something else. And... Um, and I sort of put together a show of more improvisation, audience participation, 
Um, did you ever see an act called Rex Boyd? Uh, no, but I think I've heard the name. Before. Right, yeah. that was my act. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. So I, uh, yeah, it definitely happened. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've heard it. That was where what I did on the street was, oh, you cool, know, was, was was you know this getting an audience to do to do the show. Yeah, because um, I was lazy as well. <laughs> um, and and that I, I got to the World's Fair in Vancouver in 1986 mm-hmm. and I started living in Canada and started doing all the festivals Yeah, and that's how I as I said tonight ended yes. up working for Disney oh and how was that experience that was weird yeah that was you know I, this, I this con- yeah it was just a little bit you know a little bit headstrong a little bit you know what's the word uh, that some people use fascist yeah word and um and and so I ended up doing this course, Comedy Commandos. Yeah. And sort of went around the southern states. And and I thought for a while that North America was where I was going to end up. Yeah. That I thought, you know, I, I, I sort of like blag getting a work permit by going between Canada and America. And um, I'd sort of sussed it out quite well. And I thought, I might, I might, I'm probably going to stand up because I opened for Bob Hope. Oh, yeah, of course. Was, in, uh, in 92. And, and how was that experience? Was it was, it was strange because I sort of like, he, he, his memory, his, his autism was uh, yeah. quite, quite, autism, that's not the word. Um, just, he, he just was a bit everywhere. I, yeah. I went in and I spoke to him and said, I'm uh, from Bromley, which is next to Elton, where you were born. And he just looked at me and he went, Elton. Elton. I was born there. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's what I yeah. just yeah. said. Okay. Yeah. And and it was just like every every joke was all written down on cards. Yeah. And even his theme song, which was th- his theme song is Thanks for the Memory. Yeah. And you just kinda go, does anyone see the irony yeah. in this? Yeah. Does anyone? Anyone? And uh, yeah, it was it was odd. It was very, very yeah. odd. Alzheimer's. Not autism. Yeah. Alzheimer's. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll edit that part. Yeah. <laughs> make, yeah, make me sound better. <laughs> he had autism. <laughs> yeah. He was counting matches. I don't know what that was about. Yeah. Bob Hope was Rain Man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm definitely not getting on the stage. Definitely yeah. not getting on the stage. Uh, it's a, I won't do it unless there's a conflict on. If I can go to Vietnam, I've got to go to Vietnam. <laughs> God, that is such a that's such a seventies reference. Yeah. Bob Hope, yeah. <laughs> Bob Hope jokes as, as Rain Man. They are going to love it on this podcast. You're going to get nine people. Yeah. <laughs> okay. There's going to be a wave of two star reviews. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be one five star. That Bob Hope joke. <laughs> uh, so uh, when did you finish the uh, the, the Disney tour? Uh, well, I sort of finished. I kind of like was going back, and what happened was was I was also doing um, theatre work in Europe with yeah. a, with a little group I'd put together. Um, and I shattered my knee oh, man. in '93 uh, in in Amsterdam, uh-huh. and I'd already I'd done I was doing stand up in 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 England in the 90s, uh, very early '90s. Um, what happened was was I came back, and uh, the Woolwich Tram Shed was a gig um, yeah. that was quite hard, especially what happens is is that the squad is usually there's a curfew on the town. But if we're in a conflict, the curfew's lifted and they're allowed to go to any rooms and any of the pubs. Uh-huh. And it was the first um, Gulf War, and so they were turning up at the tram shed on the comedy nights. Mm-hmm. And um, Addison Cresswell, um, the off-the-curb empresario, said, yeah. um, look, you know, you're used to working with uh, people like this. Go and comp, Barry. And I went, yeah, all right. And, and, and I kind of, like, because of North American stand-up and street performing, yeah. I was... You know, talk to squaddies and kind of going, are you going to the golf next week? And they'll be like, yeah. And I go, hope you die. <laughs> and 
and and people were like in the room going fucking hell but the squad is because of that you know yeah. that, that's their humour yeah. we're like yeah and nobody and I was getting on their side yeah. by just being what I'm twisted and evil but I wasn't I was just you know these people have they're they're you know when you go out and you do the gigs yeah. in Cyprus and and, and Afghanistan they're, they're level yeah. you know they're, they're, they're being shot at yeah. so they're, 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 they have this gallows humour well, um, that you, you know that you kind of have to attack yeah, well um, there's a beautiful scene in, um, in the sitcom of uh, Louis C.K. sitcom of Louis uh, where I, I haven't watched it for ages but he's, uh, he's doing like a military tour uh, and he's uh, basically he's kind of got to a rocky start with these uh, soldiers uh, and then um, he starts taking the mick out of a certain part of Boston and this uh, soldier goes hey I'm from that part of Boston he goes well I didn't mean any offence <laughs> but it is a shithole <laughs> and, uh, and he got him on side well obviously it's, uh, it was a fictionalised version of the event but uh, yeah it was, uh, it was, oh, it was yeah. no I mean they just just you know, there was a famous story of Dave Johns walking out on stage, yeah. and they were all sitting there with their cocks out, slowly stroking themselves. Oh my god! Yeah, and and it was just you know they had a bet. Yeah. Of yeah. Just, and Dave was just standing there going, "Oh, for fuck's sake, put, put, put your cocks with." <laughs> and they were just laughing, and you know, and it just some of it is yeah. just you know horrible, and some of it is just just marvelous. I know, uh, you know, yeah, it's just weird. It's just yeah. weird. Uh, how long have you been performing uh, stand-up in the UK for? So I, yeah, I'd done that. So I'd, yeah, nineties it was. I'd sort of did Woody's Tram Shed, and then I went back to the states for um, mm-hmm. our winter, uh, their winter, and you know, a bit of work out there, and then came back in '92 and put together this um, tour with some other mates of mm-hmm. uh, like clowning stuff, and then like I say, shattered my knee, so I was stuck in bed for the whole of ninety, like first six months of '93, and what happened was was they people were doing benefits for me and you know was rallying around and you know Bill Bailey would turn up with, wow. a, with a food parcel and, yeah. and you'd just be like oh thank you everyone thank you yeah. and you kind of like on the other end of that it was I thought well I've got to stay around I've got to say you know I've got to say thank you to the comedy store for putting on a benefit for me I've yeah. got to do all these other thank yous and um, and that was it and so I kind of like said okay well we'll, we'll do all the circuit and, and that, you know within three years had a Saturday night show on Channel Four, yeah, and you know just just did the, the usual things that that that, 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 you know, that, that happens. Yeah, well, well I, I haven't experienced that yet. But hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed, uh, uh, one day. Uh, but yeah, that sounds like sounds uh, very awesome. And as I said before, I record this podcast. You like uh, I've listened to a lot of podcasts with you in them, and they're just you fascinating. Yeah, I, I've got a couple of like uh, uh, like kind of general podcast questions I can throw. Fair enough. Out. Yeah, do you want do you want to hear some of them? Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, well, we'll start off with uh, uh, describe your act in three words. Three words. Um, uh, Pays my mortgage. <laughs> oh, that's very apt. Uh, uh, um, what is the strangest heckle you've ever heard in your life? Strangest heckle? Oh, my word. Um, that's always... You know what? There's, there's such a, such the, the, the question of the journalist yeah, yeah. who's always desperate and wondered if they've done the right thing. That if is, they've uh, never got... That always, <laughs> what's it like to die? What's it like to be heckled? But, you know, what's the, I mean, I've, I've had, you know, the usual, you know, oh, it's Phil Jupiter's, oh, yeah. it's, you know, the, all, all those yeah, things you yeah. get used to. But the strangest heckle I've heard. Um, wow. And, and, you know, and, and it's really weird because I've heard so, so many yeah. have been in rooms where, where things have happened. Um, 
it's not a heckle, but my favourite sort of moment of audience interaction is um, Rich Hall at oh, yeah. Jongler's Battersea, where there had been an open spot who just, and this was, you know, mid-90s, who had been, this cunt did this, this cunt did that, a cunt did this, a cunt did that, and, and Rich Hall was just standing there, and he walked on, and he went, I can't believe that man said the word cunt so many times. <laughs> really? Can you, can you do that here? <laughs> and then he just, he just wouldn't let it go, and he just started, just, you sir, call that person there a cunt. <laughs> and this person went, cunt. <laughs> you, call, call him cunt back. Cunt. You, this table here, call him cunt. Cunt. All these people over here, call him cunt. Cunt. Everybody on this side, shout cunt over there. Cunt. Everybody over here, shout cunt over there. Cunt. Now the niggers at the back. And the place just went. <gasps> Except for all the comics at the side that were just like. Aah! Oh my god. <laughs> that was just one of those moments where you just went, of course, yes. Yeah. That word is as offensive to him as that word. Yeah. Um, of course, over here it isn't. But but for but for you know for for rich for people to use the you know he, he yeah, can't bear yeah, it. Yeah. So that's well, that's a fascinating. Uh, well, that's a great heckle story. I wish that happened tonight. <laughs> <laughs> in, a ru- uh, in a pub, uh, a room of a pub in Canterbury. I think uh, the same kind of vibe, I imagine. Yeah. 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 Everyone um, was ready to shout it out. Yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah. So it was Kent. Very, Kent. Yeah. Yay. Kent. This is what we pay you for. It's very good. Uh, uh, I'll do one more of the uh, generic, uh, generic one. Um, um, uh, what is the worst thing you've done on stage? Worst thing. <laughs> um, oh God! There's I've, I've really put so you on the spot. many of them. Um, <laughs> had ki- uh, I bought a box of kittens on stage once. <laughs> And and um, dropped them, and they all ran out to the audience, and they were. It was just mayhem, and and Kevin Day was at the side of the stage going, "You were meant to get me on quickly," and there was a bloke going, "I've got one. I'm going to stand on it," and there were women going, "Don't stand on the kittens." There was there was that one. Um, there was a time when Guy Fawkes night. Um, I'm on with Ricky Grover, and he handed me a rocket. He just handed me a rocket, and I went, what? And he went, just give me a rocket. And this bloke in the audience just kept going, light it, light it. And I said, don't be stupid, it's a rocket. Light it, light it. I went, will you shut up? And he went, light it. And I picked up a lighter, and I lit the firework, (laughs) and I let it go. And it hit the ceiling, hit the floor hit the ceiling and flew out into the audience and the bloke that had been screaming it hit him right in the face and bounced off and exploded right just just, and nobody was injured but the whole room just went oh my god what a twat for lighting the firework and and but the bloke who was a cunt it just exploded how did they do that and I just looked over at Ricky and went Oh dear. <laughs> that was the best response. It was oh oh another time. Yes. Um, sorry. No, uh, this is the best conversation I've ever had. Um I was uh, um I, I don't know if you know the banana cabaret. I do, yeah. Um now the, the banana cabaret has um upstairs club and a downstairs club. 
and I was having great gigs on the downstairs gigs, always, but was just having real sort of like problems, was having real problems with audiences upstairs. And that was just really annoying me. I once did 20 minutes set downstairs on religion uh-huh. that I honestly thought if I get another 10 minutes, this is a BBC4 show. This is so good. Yeah. And, and, it, it, and I was so confident with it. And I went upstairs and the same opening joke that had got such a round of applause, I did it upstairs and this woman just went, well, quite clearly, they saved the worst till last. <laughs> and I was like, oh. so I was really having problems on the upstairs gig. Yeah. And it was just becoming a really annoying... One night I had to follow... I went on last, I had to follow Terry Alderton, Jeff Green and Lee, and, and Otis Lee Crenshaw oh, yeah. and, and Rich Hall. And I, I walked on and I just went, think of me as a cigarette after good sex. <laughs> and it was a, another struggler. Anyway, one night I absolutely have this audience. Fucking they in the palm of my hand, going really well. And this phone goes off. And... And, I, and this woman answers it. She answers it and she's, hello? hello? And I just look at her and go, princess, princess, no, 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 hang up, hang up. And she looks and she goes, fuck off. <laughs> and I go, no, no, seriously, seriously, no, we're, we're doing a show, hang up. And she just looks at me and she goes, I'm on the phone. And I go, yeah, I know you're on the phone, but can, can you not please hang up? And, and she just, she's just like so adamant about yeah. it. Anyway, I, I put them. I walk over to her, I put, put the microphone down on a chair and I walk over to her and I don't know where this came from. I go, I'm going to rip that phone out of your cum-drizzled fingers <laughs> and whap it so far up your gut funnel that every month when one of your spastic eggs decides oh to slide God. down a tube, it will hit last number dialed and a small youth will arrive with a pizza at your vagina flaps. Will you please hang up? And I remember walking back to the mic and there is dead silence in the room. Dead silence. And I pick up the mic and went, well, you have to say something. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just like, oh, I fucked this. Oh, even better. (laughs) Even better. New Year's Eve. Oh, my God. New Year's Eve. (laughs) um, uh, uh, The Glee. Um, oh God, this one even makes me cringe. I walk on. Somebody bought me a fur hat for Christmas. Right? Yeah. I walk on, and I go. Do you ever get one of those Christmas presents? You know, you look a twatting, but you really like. Ha! Yeah. I take it off. Keep it on. No, no, no. Keep it on. No, no, no. I can't keep it on. It's just keep it on. And I don't know where this come from. And bearing in mind the Soa murders had only been four months before, I just went. If I keep that on, I'm going to sweat like Ian Huntley on bath nights. <laughs> and you could have heard a pin drop, except for Alistair Cunningham on just over. Just not only laugh, but hear him just go, Oh, well, he's fucked this one! <laughs> me oh. with a passion but a passion what i love though is because uh, i'm i'm quite a i'm quite apprehensive person so if uh if i am kind of like riddled with self-doubt uh, so i would in that situation i would just totally back out of it but like what i love you just committed to it especially with the the cum phone oh, thing and, like, that was like you really <laughs> went for it uh, that's fantastic oh, that, that moment where you think something in your head Everyone is with me. This will get yeah. big laughs. Oh, no, yeah. And you just feel it just go, nope, I, nope. 
but there is a part of me that that enjoys those moments yeah. now. Yeah, the good that you just kind of go, whoa, yeah, really, really. <laughs> I am. Um, uh, I mentioned earlier I, I did a music festival uh, gig and it was uh, there was a lot of red flags and it it wasn't it was far from that uh, it was probably one of the, like the worst set of kind of gigs I've done for a while uh, people have been drinking all day they had uh, um, they they were just uh, uh, they were drunk and they weren't there to watch comedy it was midnight and I was on stage and uh, uh, there was this old man there at the front he just wasn't laughing whatsoever I thought oh I'll just play with him kind of uh, oh why not why aren't you laughing and stuff like that and uh, uh, he was like and then he threw some insults back at me and then I just uh, ripped into him and then the whole audience just well, they weren't really getting on board especially because he was antagonistic as well uh, and I found out that he was actually the head of the whole festival <laughs> and, uh, Ooh. And, and I'm probably not going to get booked again but, oh well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. well oh well it could be worse. Fuck him. Yeah, I did, think... I did. That's what I did say quite repeatedly. And yeah. I, I finished off the set with, well, I just fucking hate all... They hate my guts after it as well. And that was quite strange because I tried to be quite a nice guy on stage. With it. Yeah, didn't... I can't... I, I, yeah, yeah when, when people just... That's why, you know, when I when I say something to someone, you know, there it comes from no anger or malice. Yeah. Uh, you just, and you just immediately, you know, no, no. Oh, yeah. hold on. No, don't be like that. Yeah. You know... Yeah, and you, you you know you get those people who just kind of go no no you don't you don't talk to me well, well why not mm-hmm. why not and we're not you know we're not you know I'm not going to get comedy out of you it's, I don't want to take the piss I don't, yeah. it's, 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 I'm, it's, it's, I've got jokes yeah I've got yeah. jokes here mm-hmm. I just want to know why you react like that why why that's happened and you know maybe we can when I was doing when I had cancer mm-hmm. yeah and I was doing doing the stuff about cancer. Yeah. You, you, yeah, there were moments you were really fi- finding audiences going. Whoa. I was actually going to ask you about that because um, I, I watched the uh, Hurrah for Cancer, uh, and uh, there, there's a bit in in the, about halfway through. Uh, um, you're chatting to the audience members, and they're like, "Well, uh, I'm not finding this funny because uh, one of my friends died from cancer as well." Uh, so, how did you kind of uh, approach that kind of situation? Yeah. By by saying that, but you're you're, you know, they would have found this funny yeah. because it's it's what. What we find, you know, when we have cancer, the ridiculous things that happen, mm-hmm. and you're 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 immediately putting up the barricade because it's the word cancer, mm-hmm. yeah. and you're saying you can't do jokes about cancer, you can't do that, mm-hmm. and and you go no because of all the ridiculous things that you find along the way, you know the the battles against cancer and the, you know there's no battle, yeah. you're unlucky, yeah yeah, you know all that bollocks yeah. and and. And and the, you know, and the way people treat you, and they can't say the word, you know, yeah. and you know all, all of that sort of stuff. You, you know, there's, there's, you have to, you have to yeah. kind of like go point out the ridiculousness of it all. Well, it was it was, um, it was really uh, well done as well, and it was, it was 2003, and it was like the first time, well, this, the first kind of show which had a certain like thing behind it as well. I hadn't really seen any show which had been kind of. Uh, Kind of emotionally linked with like, uh, well, well um, yeah. This is before Edinburgh shows had like a, a meaning or a theme behind it, kind of thing. So it was it was really interesting to watch that that you had like a like a point to it as well. Uh, but yeah, it, I thought it was really it was a fantastic uh, like kind of show because um, yeah, you kind of you kind of from the get go was like, well, I had cancer. Let's talk, let's chat about it, and mm. it, it was good that you saw it and that you engaged with it. As yeah, well. yeah, and and there was it was that sort of like you've got you know. Yeah, get on board, and I'll prove to you that it can be fun. Definitely, yeah. And, 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 you know, the things that you see, and maybe you'll walk away and kind of go, well, 
you know, yeah. my, my dad couldn't say the word cancer. Yeah. And then after I did the show and the way I be- um, behaved towards yeah. it, he kind of went, oh, yeah, I see your point. Yeah. You can't do that. It's not... Because there's so many people dealing with it themselves mm-hmm. that they're not dealing with the person who has it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's Definitely. that's a problem. It's, it's the way, you know, it's the way people deal with children and death. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they just can't say, oh, well, we can't say that, you know, yeah. he's gone and you'll never see him again. We have to create this whole world, you know, he's in the sky. And it's, yeah. So you're not, you're not doing it to protect the child. You're doing it so you're protecting yourself almost. Yeah. So you don't have that problem of, of saying to a child, you'll never see them again. Yeah. Which is, you know, and I think you've got, you've got to be truthful. And because um, and it is such, like, a social taboo to kind of, like, mention it as well. I think uh, it's great because you really just, like, bust that wide open. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, and it, was, it was a really interesting watch. And, and, and the, but the, the main thing is it's incredibly funny. Like, uh, it's, it's funny to watch uh, and... Uh, it, uh, and there was some great routines in there as well. But uh, did you feel like it had any uh, effect on the people afterwards? Like, uh, uh, did any audience members come up to you afterwards? Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. When I did, the, I did a tour and of, of, the, of the live show. Yeah. And uh, I'd always do questions at the beginning of of the second half, which was interesting. You know, it always, always finishes on questions. And I thought, well, no, because if if there are decent, if there you know things people want to know mm-hmm. or anything, and 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 there was a lovely moment at Hemel Hempstead once where. We, um, there was three women who had all met having breast cancer. And the woman who actually had the worst uh, cells, uh, cell count, mm-hmm. um, still had a breast. Uh-huh. And the other two who, who hadn't, one was one strong, both had, breasts, both had their breasts removed. Mm-hmm. And they had never known until now that this woman still had one breast. Yeah. And it was great because none of them had yeah. talked about yeah. it. They'd gone through this whole thing but hadn't actually discussed with each other. And so it suddenly came out at my show. Yeah. And it was just so funny because suddenly this woman was like, oh, yeah, I've still got one. Well, I haven't got any. Well, I haven't got any. Yeah. And, and then suddenly this woman was like, yeah. I've got one. <laughs> she was suddenly the king of the gang. Yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. just you know that we we were just calling a one tit all the time and <laughs> and it was just and I think it was lethargic for them as well as Certainly, for the yeah. audience to go wow this is so you know um and there was a guy there was a dad who turned up who had been had had a brain tumor twelve years ago and and the, and the, and you know he still was walking around with it and the family had now got so used to it that dad was going to die is going to die at any moment mm-hmm. there's a coffin in the they bought a coffin on the cheap mm-hmm. and it's in the shed <laughs> and it was just kind of go you've got a coffin yeah it's yeah. already yeah. it's got everything you know it fits me perfectly and it's like fucking hell <laughs> you know and there were things like that that we were finding out that was just yeah. that was just great yeah, well, um, again, that's it's, it. Kind of, um, you kind of highlight that sense of community, and you're bringing people together. Mm. And uh, it, yeah, it's nice to see that stand up kind of. Uh, well, your, your stand up kind of um, allow people to t- chat about it as mm. well, because it is uh, it's, it is sensitive. But uh, there's no reason for people not to discuss it. As no, well, so, not at all. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a really good uh, like message behind it as well. Um, but yeah. So, but when you were building that show, did you? Uh, so, how how often did you come? Uh, how did you find building the material for the show? Because was it difficult, uh, or did, were people more on your side? Uh, it was. Do you know what? It, it was so strange. Um, I, I had a call from. I, I tried some of it at Jonglers. Uh-huh. Oh, I, had, wow. I had a call from Jonglers. Could you not do that? Was, oh wow! Yeah, it was like. But I'm coming through it. I'm walking around with cancer at the moment. Yeah. And I really want to talk about it. No, you you can't. You can't do oh, it. Yeah, and, yeah. and I said, really? I said, well, you know, we we had somebody who was in a wheelchair. <laughs> well, they were in a wheelchair, so. 
well, somebody in a wheelchair that might have been... A, I said, what are you talking about? I said, if, you know, if, if somebody's in the room, if someone's drowned, I can't talk about swimming. Yeah. I mean, where, where do we go with this? I said, at the moment I have cancer. And anyway, they, they were very adamant of, let's wow. not talk about it. And so, so putting it together was really difficult. Um, and then the first preview I did, I, I did it for um, Dave Ward's club. Mm-hmm. And it was... You know, I was just going on and on and on, and he suddenly came over and went, Vinny, you've done two hours and ten minutes. Two hours and ten minutes. Mm-hmm. I was like, fucking hell, I'm so sorry. And then and then the next one I did, I only had two, was I never got one laugh. Not one oh. laugh in yeah. this whole thing. That And bits of it I knew that were laughing, and, and the person came up afterwards who ran the club and went, I think it's going to be a really good story to yeah. tell, but, you know, I, I don't think you're, you know, you've got the comedy... That you, they're not the funny man that I know. What? Oh, but this is... And the first show I did at Edinburgh, it just didn't click. Really? And yeah. I thought, this isn't going to work. And then suddenly, I, um, the next night, nobody turned up. So I said, right, let me let me just walk away. Let me just go. And then the next night, boom, it just clicked. It just clicked. And I went, wow, what happened there? It just fell into place. Oh. Everything, everything, Perfect. just every story. And everybody was just with bated breath going, fucking hell. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And it was just, yeah. It's like, you know, that, that was obviously, as I mentioned earlier, that was way before like um, like theme shows were a thing as well. So like it, you were really like a pioneer in terms of like doing that. Kind well, those of thing. medical shows, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Or, uh, or my dad's dead. Yeah, well, yeah, that's exactly. Like I went to, um, I spent like the whole of 2015 in Edinburgh, like just uh, just uh, working up there, and uh, there was there was loads of like kind of like I've had cancer shows as well. So it's obviously that's now like uh, obviously it's not the norm, but like it's more. Uh, we, we live in an um, artistic climate where people are able to do that. They're, yeah. they're more free to talk about those, those experiences as well. So, yeah, you're essentially a, a trendsetter. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Trailblazer! Yeah. <laughs> so, but um, uh, we'll just finish with one Go final on. question, if you want. Uh, has, uh, has comedy improved or worsened your life? Improved uh, or worsened my life? Um, it's... Hmm. That's a good question. Has it improved or worsened my life? Uh, I can't think see me doing anything else. I like yeah. being the only person facing the different direction from everybody else in the room. Yeah. Um, but uh, comedy now is is hard. It's hard. I, I find yeah, I find it a bit hard now. Just everyone fight for gigs. Oh, everybody, yeah, yeah. you know. There was that time where, you know, the, the, the lovely 90s where everybody was working and everyone, well, I'm doing this, I'm doubling up, you know. Yeah. You'd do five gigs in one night. Yeah. You know, you do, you do early show Camden, late show Camden, uh, early show Camden, early show comedy store, somewhere else, late show Camden, late show comedy store. Mm. Now it's, you know, so many people fighting for, for, for work. Oh, yeah. You just... You just can't get anything. I'd, I'd hate to be a new comic. Now. Oh, it's it again. Like as you, uh, I heard lots of stories of like people in the past were like, yeah, I've, I've done a triple up. I did a double in London. Now I'm in Cambridge, kind of mm, thing. And mm. they, uh, but that's not an option, really. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's hard to to get noticed as well, um, particularly because I'm a white man as well. Like uh, I, I have a lot of privileges, but not in comedy. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, but, it's... Yeah, so it is. It's difficult to kind of get more noticed. But uh, then again, it also does make you work harder as well. So um, it's always a positive. Yeah, well, that'll be a good thing. But yeah, <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for coming. Thank on the you. Um, yeah, thank you very much, Andre Vincent. Hey.
Hey, that was Andre Vincent. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I thank you so much uh, to Andre for coming onto the podcast. Uh, and uh, you might have heard during that uh, uh, like an extra laugh in the background. Um, a comedian uh, called Chris Barnes, who uh, plays Trevor Feelgood, sat in on the conversation and he's, as he was welcomed uh, to come and join us. Uh, and he, uh, So you might have heard his laugh in the background. Uh, it wasn't just... Uh, Andre laughing at his own jokes. Thank you for listening to that. It was really a pleasure uh, to uh, to record. Uh, seriously, the stories are really, really funny. Uh, so thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you do want to send us a tweet or send us a Facebook message, you can uh, find us at DrunkOnPod on both Facebook and Twitter. Do send us a message, give us a follow, um, and if you can... Uh, Tell your friends about the podcast and uh, get them to start listening to it. If you can tell one friend, that'd be wicked. I don't really ask for any money for this podcast yet. Um, That's the key word. But um, if you could do me a massive favour and just tell a couple of people about the podcast, if you enjoy it, that'd be really cool. Because I do think this podcast does get some interesting places as well. And uh, if you could also um, review the podcast on iTunes, uh, get five stars because we are amazing. If you can review us and subscribe to it, that'd be great. In the next couple of weeks, because of uh, how the podcast works, I think I'm going to be releasing episodes every two weeks. Uh, There should be a fixed day in which it comes out. Uh, It might be a Friday, or it might be... um, It'll it'll be settled, and it'll be regular for the next couple of months. Uh, So you'll have regular podcasts fortnightly, coming out and we do have some absolute heroes so do subscribe and uh tell your friends about us uh yeah uh, thank you so much thanks again to andre and thank you for listening to the drunken comedian podcast bye